The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. I know that guy. Welcome to Tuesday Topics, everyone. I'm Paul Edwards, and uh, our usual crew is here, I'm happy to say. So I will, and the last shall be first this evening. Hello, Brian. Hello there, one and all. I am happily digesting a lovely brownie. So if I have a smile on my face and in my voice, there lies the reason. Yeah, a brownie. Mm, This is exciting. Miss Marianne, how are you in Florida? I am very well, Paul. Thank you for asking. And yourself? I am just fine, thank you. And Mr. Rick, your voice sounds better today. Yeah, hi guys, how you doing? And I'm not eating a brownie. No. <laughs> no, no brownies here. Although and, I had key and, lime pie earlier tonight. So. You did? This is, I did, I did. Yeah. This is not a bad thing. Yeah. And Mr. Larry Gassman, the person who makes sure that we're going out on the airwaves. Hey, Larry. Hello there, and we are, and that's a cool thing. And I had some apple well, pie not too terribly long ago. Got it from church, and it's big. John looked at that, and John eats anything that's dessert, and he looked at that, and he said, oh, I don't know if I can eat this. It was huge, and it was good, and it was nice. Nice on a hot, hot evening to have refrigerated apple pie. Yeah. So during the ACB convention, um, the the Braille Revival League did two sessions, and Um, just so that everybody who might be expecting podcasts of these sessions is aware. Um, Neither session turns out to be um, usable as a podcast. And it's not that they, that they weren't recorded because they probably were, but the fact is they, that they won't make good podcasts. But the first of those sessions is what created tonight's program, or at least one of the things that created tonight's program. Um, because it was a uh, a demonstration and an opportunity to put one's little hands on a device called the Monarch, which is being jointly developed by the American Printing House for the Blind and Humanware. The Monarch is uh, a a device that is aiming to do uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, I know I was there, and I think you were as well, were you not, Brian? I was indeed. I've yeah. had my hands on the little device. Well, not so little. Yeah. yeah, it isn't so little. So maybe to kind of set the stage, and you probably knew I was going to do this to you, Brian, um, for our our future discussion, tell us what the Monarch is and and why people are excited about it. So the primary, what makes the Monarch different than any other device that you may have come across is its intent is to create uh, a space where you can both display raised line images and braille in the same space. So there's a series of pins that are either raised or or lowered uh, to create lines as well as lines of Braille itself. Uh, The Braille is not 100% uh, what I would call NLS approved. 
the height of the dot, the spacing between the dots right. is not exactly the same when it's displaying Braille. However, the ratios are. It's not like you're going to get what we used to call football Braille. Do you remember football Braille on embossers where dots two and five were farther apart than dots one and four and three and six? It's not that at think, all. I don't think I've ever seen that. I oh. don't know anything about that. Ah, yeah, early days of embossers, ladies and gentlemen, early gotcha. days. Anyway, gotcha. the, the long and short of it, here the ratios are appropriate. I don't want to suggest that it's quirky yes. rail at all. But the distance between two cells is slightly less. The distance yep. between two dots within a cell is slightly more, I think. Yeah, memory serves me correctly. Too. So, but it's very consistent, very readable. Um, one of the other differences about this display than any other I've uh, had the opportunity to play around with is a membrane is stretched over the surface of the display area so that it becomes virtually waterproof. Mm -hmm. And why would one? go to all this fuss and feathers. It's intended for primarily an education audience. Imagine you are a student, K through 12. You have a series of textbooks that you want to access. You're in a school that is not a school for the blind, but a mainstream school. And you want to use the exact same textbook as your classmates. Many if not most, textbooks have graphics within them that we as blind people getting the, the Braille edition frequently do not have access to. So this would allow you to see slash feel the graphics, the Braille, the Braille within the graphics, because it will translate uh, print letters into Braille letters, equivalent to those print letters. Uh, and of course, you know, it has the, a Braille keyboard on it so that you can uh, do some things. And it also has some cursor keys that allow you to pan left and right, up and down, uh, zoom in, zoom out of images. And there's a whole variety of ports to give you an opportunity to put information or make uh, digital information available for you to display on the device. Or, or to send it out from the device as well. Oh, absolutely! You can you can save the results of yeah. uh, what you have created within it. Now the it is not designed in its current iteration to allow you to draw with it. You can read graphics, but you can't generate graphics strictly within it um i would guess that's that's pretty much it the other thing i would suggest is that the price is astounding and not in a positive way the price you recall what it is paul twenty thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars oh my lord so imagine for a moment you've got this incredibly versatile textbook any book you need throughout your whole school life can be displayed on this if you are a braille reader 
and if that book includes graphics. But it's $20,000. So the blindness system in terms of funding has got to be pretty major changed if that's going to be something available to every K through 12 Braille reading student. And of course, it's relevant that the American printing houses involved in the production of this device because the American printing house has access to what are called federal quota funds. And this means that individuals in various states, um, uh, if, if they are registered as part of that quota, will be able to get things at a considerably reduced price um, through the American Printing House for the Blind, in, including this device. I have no idea what the what the quota cost of the device is, um, but um, but I I think that APH in fact is also um, looking at asking Congress to um, increase their allocations so that in fact they'll be able to make these devices available. Um, to um, all the kids who can benefit from having them in the United States. So, right. We should uh, see. And again, the, the quota money situation is interesting in that each jurisdiction uh, within the United States, they do a headcount. And yes. then they figure out how many are within the United States that uh, are registered. And APH takes this lump sum that they are allocated in the federal budget and divide it by that number of students. Mm -hmm. So if your district has 10 students in it, it can get 10 times as many uh, credits toward acquiring things from APH as a school district that has one student within it right. or a jurisdiction. Uh, as a result, the actual amount that is typically available per student can be collected and it can all be spent on one student if the others don't have a need in a given year. Right. So this is not a, uh, you get $150 off of the purchase of one of these devices, but the average spent per child nationally is in the hundreds, not in the thousands. So um, we got an opportunity to look at, at the monarch and the, and, and the monarch was able to, um, to demonstrate a number of things. It did, it, it did have some, uh, some text that you were able to read. And, and of course, interesting in terms of reading braille text is that um, unlike most braille displays that we're used to thinking about, the monarch actually allows you to read uh, with multi lines so that you can actually see where paragraphs begin and end and a range of other things that that you can you can get from multi line displays. Do you remember how many lines there were, Brian? Because I don't. I want to say six, but but don't quote me on that. Yeah. But again, but it's, a, it's more, at least six. It's a yeah. it's a significant number of lines so that if things were intended to be read in a calm fashion, you could see that that's what was going on. You could run right. your finger up and down the column without having to scroll 
at all to do so. Right. So, uh, so, so the device tear things vertically and horizontally. Yeah. The device becomes an amazingly good device for showing tables, for example. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Which, which, it's also which true we that, don't have now, really. No. It's also true that while we talk about how many lines it will hold, it has the capability to cause uh, right. lines to be separated. So, yes. you know, since tracking is such an issue, especially for new Braille readers, it would make tracking a multi-line display much easier if you could right. gap and do it like line and a half type gapping. And, and you can. Yes. And, 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 the, and the other thing that you can do, um, which, is, which is really pretty cool, is you can, you can actually divide stuff between left and right. So you can show um, thing A on the left and thing B on the right for comparative purposes. Um, which, so it, you know, there are amazing things that you can do with this device in terms of, and, and it's very early in its development too. So there'll be many more amazing things that will evolve that it can do as the device is, is being developed. So let's, let's talk just a little bit more about, about what the future of the Monarch is, um, APH has identified or is in the process of identifying a number of teachers of the visually impaired. And it is their intent to make one of these devices available to each of these teachers um, if they will agree to essentially go through a whole year's training on how to use the device, what the device can do, um, and become capable of appropriately and effectively utilizing this device. And then it, the hope is uh, that by next summer, there will therefore be a cohort of trained VI teachers um, who, will, who will then be able to start introducing it to kids um, during the fall of 2024. Um, that, as I understand it, is the plan. Anything you want to add about the Monarch itself before we move on, Mr. Brian? I'm trying to recall. I believe that the Monarch is based on the Android operating system, if memory serves me correctly. Um, um, and as a re I don't remember. Um, and, and, and if it is, I would be a little surprised. Um, because humanware does a lot of their stuff um, in um, my senility is is operating. It's a it, it's it's not Android and it's not Windows and it's and it's not Mac. It's um it is a it it it, it is a uh, a system that that was developing along with um, along with DOS, but it isn't DOS either. So the kind of okay. the success. Successor Unix? to DOS, Unix. Unix. Yes. Yep. Um, it, it, it may be, but it. it yeah. I don't want people to come away thinking that this is a Windows device. It is not. Uh, it, or it is not. an and, Apple device. It is not built on and, either of those platforms. And it's very much a dedicated device. We 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 have no idea what the final product will include on it, but but the expectation is, um, but the expectation is that. We, we already know, for instance, that it has 
um, that, that it will eventually have speech, though it doesn't at the moment. We already know that, that it will eventually have um, at least the braille components uh, of, of, uh, of, of <clears throat> humanware's human devices. Um, and, uh, and, and we know that it will have, um, that it has enough memory that you can certainly move stuff in and out and, and it will have access to monitors and a whole range of other things, though it does not have a screen at the moment. In addition, because of the nature of the ports, they will be able to use uh, off the shelf screens. They're not gonna have to develop a screen for that purpose. Um, right. It has a VGA port on it. Uh, in, in addition to that, um, I think it's important for, for people to know that it's both Bluetooth and wireless. Mm -hmm. So it can interact with other devices in those two ways, as well as the more traditional USB and uh, the like. And the Wi-Fi will almost certainly have the ability to do um, what what some of the devices that APH and <clears throat> Humanware have jointly developed over the past couple of years. So it will almost certainly have the ability to, to download Braille books from BARD. It will almost certainly have the ability to download um, books from Bookshare. Um, so a lot of the, the students need for um, materials um, will be available there. And, and I suspect they could download books directly from APH's um, uh, Louis database Louis. as well. Yeah, I'm, I, right. I, I would be surprised and, if that were not the and, case. And people need to also understand that, you know, this, this is the hardware side of what APH is up right. to. There's a software side. And that software side is developing a new set of formatting rules associated with creating uh, e-text that would be well displayed on this device. Right. So we're not, you know, we're talking about, um, if you will, an APH developed DAISY format for right. things. Because up to this point, there hasn't been a system that didn't rely on the device displaying things in acceptable lines uh, and those kinds of things. What good would it be if a paragraph showed up as indented two spaces if you don't see the line below it? So there are things that are unique, exactly. uniquely valuable in a multi-line braille display. So this new format they're working on uh, is to enable those kinds of things in the modern age. Also, and, how, how and, do you wrap text around an image? Right. And you for know, the first it, time in with, you know, in practical terms, kids will actually be able to see what, what headings look like so that, so that they're centered on a page. I mean, they'd see them in braille books, but they'd be able to, to see that they've put them in correctly with this device because it's multi-line. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so it's pretty exactly. it's pretty cool. It's well, pretty cool. It is 10 yeah. lines, 10 by 32. Oh, I thank just you. I ten. tried to find thank the you. operating system and I didn't see that on the 
right up front on the website. I'd have to dig and I, that's not my job tonight, but it is um, <laughs> 10 by 32. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you very kindly. You're welcome. See, see, we need a fact checker. Yeah, we do. We need a fact checker. We um, do need a fact one checker. other thing that, that I think is significant here, I'd mentioned the membrane across the display. That is a user replaceable uh, piece of the architecture. And in fact, it's necessary for it to be changed by the user because this membrane wears out and it's expected that you're going to need to replace it once every six months or so with standard use. Yeah, but but the the, the membrane is is apparently not going to be very expensive. This is kind of a an Asian thing. I I saw one other product that had a membrane um, provided with it, um, and and that was a an eighteen character braille display, I think. Yes, I've seen some interesting riffs on this whole idea of trying to protect right the dots Trail from the displays. person yep yeah yes exactly yep. it's this thing that you're describing felt somewhat like cellophane did it not over the top I, of them no um, yeah no? Uh, on on this new device it does on the old device it felt sort of like silk because huh. it was actually it was actually a little cloth thing that you were supposed to um put over Read the, the braille display yeah uh well again uh one or two of the most important things for people to realize about the monarchy is one is it's under development and it's not in production at this moment correct uh that everything we talk about is in the uh i don't even in think they call flux. it the yeah. beta it's no. it is more in an alpha alpha stage yeah i would agree with that development uh, i expect that much of the hardware itself you know the case they're not going to redesign the case there's no real need uh right for that to happen but they may choose to increase the number of specialized keys in their location right uh, they may choose to uh change the nature of the the what were they in in screens they call it the raster right. you know the frame around the right. display um, it's also important to know that it has technology built into it so that if you put your finger down on the display in a given position it knows where you're touching right um and while they don't have any features built into it yet that takes much advantage of that other than selecting from a menu um, it nonetheless has real potential then to expand into the ability to draw uh to do gestures like right uh pinch to zoom in and zoom out yep. instead of having to reach for keys to accomplish those kinds of things but again they're not in place as of yet and the device, uh, you, you know, is about the size of a of a relatively, uh, let's say, a medium sized laptop, and and weighs probably a, a, about what a medium sized laptop would as well. It's not really heavy. It's it's certainly pounds. under five. Thank you, Marianne. Four point five. That's definitely under five pounds. 
B. I love fact checkers. Stay and on that website. That Stay there. They Don't say move. that it's the size of a gaming computer. That's oh. what I would I would say that that's accurate because yeah. it's thicker yeah. than than it uh, is a standard yep. closed laptop, especially if you consider that it doesn't have a screen. Uh, so that volume is in the shell and, itself. And and at least the ones we saw didn't have a cover either. No, I no, they did not. I didn't see one either. But I never yeah, asked that think, question. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. No, 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 no. I said I never asked them that question. That question. About, I didn't about, either. About the cover. So Larry, you've you've seen this device. Do you have do you have impressions? Um I've seen it and I've talked to Greg Stilson about it on several occasions yep. for Tech Talk and for Main Menu and stuff. And um you know, the first thing I was amazed at was that it continues to evolve and quickly, um, mm-hmm. it's going to be probably another year, I think, before we begin to really hear much about it. Um, and I was amazed that they've gotten this far. And, of course, they've got partnerships going with various companies to help. It's not certainly just mm-hmm. APH. Um, I think it's it's a good thing. I think it can help. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll help me, but, I mean, we'll get into that. At right, some we point. will very soon. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's it's a positive step that will help a lot of people, and and I I applaud them for thinking of it and actually trying to get it underway. So this is the second major product <clears throat> that that has aimed for this market. Um, the the first product um, uh, was developed by a company that we're we're all pretty familiar with called Orbit Research. Um, and Orbit Research was working with APH on uh, the evolution of this product, and for uh, for reasons that that are beyond our pay grade, um, that relationship did not prosper. Um, but the, that device, uh, and I'm sure people will remember it, was called the Graffiti, and it had some. Um, some characteristics that are actually different from those that are available in the Monarch. And in some respects, um, it could actually do some very different things um, than, than that the Monarch cannot do. Um, but the Monarch can do some things that uh, the graffiti can't do. So um, comparison is sort of odious, but I do want to be sure that people understand that it isn't only one country that company that's interested, or in fact, one country, because there are some devices that are being developed in Europe that are similar as well. Uh, though there, there are some multi-line displays in Europe, there aren't there aren't a lot that involve graphics that I'm aware of. Are you, Brian? No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I, um, I do think the graffiti, uh, Again, for me, the one outstanding difference is that the graffiti can raise dots mm-hmm. to different heights. Uh, so you can say that the, the shorter the dot, if you will, mm-hmm. the lighter the shade of something. Mm-hmm. If you needed mm-hmm. to use that as a means to indicate right. intensity of color. Uh, you could also use it to create virtual topography if you were looking right. at a map that the mountain ranges right. were higher and that the oceans so were you lower. could actually exactly and those kinds so, of things right 
so there were some things that it could do and those are the the important things that that it can do that 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 uh the monarch currently can't and and isn't right. likely to be able to no i think the very nature of of how they drive the dot so to speak uh affects its ability to do those kinds of right. things the other thing by the way is that people who've seen the graffiti have not seen the new graffiti that's correct the new graffiti takes uh, one it's a bigger display the the graphical display is right oh maybe 20 percent bigger than yep. that of the monarch um which means you have to do less zooming in and zooming out right. to see an image uh, secondly it has that is the newest one has uh multi-line braille display as well but it's a separate braille display below if you will right the graphical display right. so, so so it's you can nonetheless it, it lets you it do let you do both at the same time as the the current monarch can or or is supposed to be able to right no, but the monarch puts possible. the braille uh currently it's estimated to be about 14 to 15,000 hmm. right significantly so, less i think anyway the other thing to keep in mind with with these devices um for me at least is it's all in how one goes about taking advantage of these things i see real value in the monarchs being able to slap braille down in the middle of a raised line graphic that that i can see real value to yes uh, on on the other hand having a two or three line braille display below or above the graphic because uh the graffiti you can choose to flip the image and have your braille above right. the graphic or below the graphic uh or for that matter you can turn it landscape or portrait and it right. will flip the image uh appropriately for right. that um nonetheless it is so dependent uh for taking advantage of this for there to be two things in place one is there needs to be out there a collection of images that can be displayed at a level that makes them meaningful you know if you put up an image of the mona lisa let me tell you you will not have the experience that a sighted person has yeah, looking at the even... mona lisa not even Brian would identify it, I think. No, too too busy. Too yeah. many features. So we need a collection uh, that either was designed to be this tactily experienced, or we need um, a tool that will allow us to take a generally available image and easily modify it. We already which is, do one kind which of modification is the approach, and the, sure, go ahead. Which is the approach the graffiti has taken. You know, they essentially have filtered their stuff um, so that so that you can take 
um, general graphics and and import them and have them sort of simplified. At least that's my understanding. And yes. and the new version, the new version that has the the Braille display is called the Graffiti Plus. Just so everybody's on correct on the right page. Correct. Uh, one of the things, the other part of this whole thing, and I think that's what Larry was referring to earlier, is it's all fine and good to say, here's a picture of a dog. But it's entirely different to uh, understand or have learned what makes that dog look like a dog when it's in two dimensions rather than, say, a figurine or a, a real dog. Uh, yep. And this is, again, one of the values of having APH at all interested in doing this kind of thing, in my opinion, is we're going to need to put more focus on teaching blind and visually impaired children, especially, but adults as well, how to interpret raised line graphics, how best to get a feel for uh, things like perspective and um, shading and other things that are part of what they might be exposed to in looking at raised line graphics. I have friends who absolutely, in terms of uh, knowledge and mental agility, way above my pay grade, who struggle to look at a two-dimensional image and be able to imagine it uh, in its three dimensions. For example, so, think of a pyramid, a two-dimensional drawing of a pyramid uh, typically has it at an angle so that the viewer can imagine the backside of that pyramid, not just the front face of it, but which would look like a triangle, but the back face of it, if it's a three-sided uh, pyramid or a four-sided pyramid, that is hard to do. That is, that is no small feat. And yet virtually every geo, excuse me, a geometry book relies heavily on that kind of drawing. One of the very first Braille books, <clears throat> well, first two or three Braille books I read, one was um, uh, the, the sort of manual for scouting um, that was published in the UK by, and it was written by Lord Baden-Powell and the whole nine yards, but it had, it had graphics in it of, of all of the various animals that were represented as as kind of scout troop names like bears and wolves and um, yes. hyenas mm -hmm. and various things of that sort and <clears throat> i i i've got to tell you that in in looking at those pictures and then later looking at pictures of a cricket field which is the the next book that i looked at that had lots of graphics in it um, tr to try to understand where fielders would actually be placed on a cricket field was 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 virtually meaningless for me. So I am just that friend 
I don't know about the I don't know about the agile brain and so on, but I'll but 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 I'll take credit for it if you offer it, Brian. But in terms <laughs> of understanding tactile graphics, <clears throat> um, I I have not made it to preschool yet. Um, and and I will tell everyone, and and we will kind of use this as the introduction to the next segment. I will tell everyone that I have these this vivid memory. Um, and I'm, and I suspect Brian remembers it as well, of going to a company that was actually um, selling tactile graphics at an ACB convention with Brian. And I'm looking at these tactile graphics, and I am not identifying anything very much. And Brian is is saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's an that's an elk. Oh, I think she's pregnant." That's amazing. <laughs> and then he'd say, well, and that's that's a that's a deer and 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 it's a fawn. Oh, and yeah, and uh well that's a cow and that's a horse. But but Brian was not saying this as though he was guessing. He was saying it because he knew what it was. And please understand, at that point, Brian had no vision. Brian could see nothing, but it was still possible for him to take the information that 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 he had gleaned from being able to see and apply it <clears throat> to these two-dimensional things that for me made absolutely no sense. I mean, how can you put a four-legged animal like a dog or a horse or a cow into two dimensions and and it will be flat on page, and everybody will know that it's it that it's a horse with four legs. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's just, it's it's uh, it 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 boggles the mind, as as they say. So, but you remember that, Brian? Sure, sure. Well, again, I I think about people who can read with the Opticon. Yes, that is amazing to me. How one yeah. can see the difference between a cursive lowercase e and a yeah. cursive lowercase a yeah. how do they do that i do not I, get it i cannot i can feel that level that. of definition yeah, yeah i know you can so <laughs> so i and i and i admire that i i, I suspect marianne is a is an opticon reader too I, yes Did, i was i was actually yeah. the second best opticon reader in the state of new jersey Ta -da. Mm -hmm. That is terrific. I, I, and, I, and again, I, mean, I, I remember, admire that immensely. I, I remember reading whole books with an Opticon. Yeah. I never wow. did that. <laughs> <laughs> they, they weren't big books, but they were whole books. <laughs> I remember uh, Judy Dixon uh, using an Opticon yep. to read the serial number of her electric stove oh by laying face down over the front of it, <laughs> dangling down the back with his Opticon upside down and oh backwards. My goodness. And I just to myself, self, there are people who have better skills than I yes. will ever, ever there have. There you go. That's just, Judy. Yeah. That, that device had merit, you know, it's long gone. It's, yeah. it's way outdated, but I'll tell you, it had a lot of merit. It was, pretty cool to just put a paper down and a piece of paper down and be able to read it and 
you know, you know, it's, it's the right side up because it's reading it. You know, it's, I, I had a, a typewriter attachment as well that I could um, yep. slide across. Yeah. You know, slide across <laughs> the typewriter and it, I could fill in a lengthy federal application job application mm-hmm. more thoroughly and more neatly than anybody I knew who was cited. Right. It oh, had merit. So, I, I, mm. Again. So this is not a matter of, blind people not being able to take uh, a raised line image and make value out of it. It's rather how to deal with the two dimension display of what is a three dimensional thing. An A is an A. That's true. Just before we get past that we should tell a bunch of folks who may never have heard of opticons um oh my gosh that's true <laughs> that that's that true. an opticon is um is a device where you, where you put your left hand into a little compartment and your index finger of your left hand fits onto a platform um and on that platform um uh, you are able to feel the shape of letters one at a time that come from a camera that is about two inches long and uh, one inch high and can can be adjusted in terms of the size so you, so you get the letters to a point where where they fit comfortably on the platform and you you run that across the the lines of a book and feel the shape of the letters um, that come up on these 144 little pins mm-hmm. um, that are that are located uh, in in the opticon compartment, and it it makes and a little buzzing sound. And they vibrate, mm-hmm. so they do. Unlike, they vibrate. Unlike with braille, where we need to yes. slide our finger across to create enough right uh, tactile contrast. Here, they vibrate, so that you yes. can feel them as they're uh, stationary. And your finger yeah. is stationary. It, it's a marvelous device. I wish it was still around. I know that there are those out there who have kept their Opticon alive over yep. all these years. Um, yep. And and this household, as we come across little hordes of Opticons in school closets, and they want mm-hmm. now to change that closet into something else, and out comes five Opticons. Uh, we get those to the right people to use them as spare parts as these things yep. are repaired to, to yep. keep up them amazing. alive. So <laughs> and just for the another... record, go ahead. Just for the record, just just to make a point, this opticon that 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 essentially allowed you to read one letter at a time costs four thousand dollars. And, and that's were... four thousand win dollars. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, in in the in the early nineteen eighties and 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 there were a bunch of us who were prepared to pay that money and who thought the Opticon was the greatest damn thing since sliced bread. Yep. 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 The, there was another device, and this is one that I don't think any of you would have seen before. Imagine a computer mouse that is three or four times the size of a standard computer mouse. Right. And on the back of that mouse, where you might rest fingers uh, just naturally, there were three miniature 
Opticon displays, fingertip size. And yep. as you move this mouse around on its mouse pad, it would display in those as if you had your hand with uh, three fingers of a glove removed so you could feel yep. whatever those fingers touched. And by mm -hmm. putting those together, you could feel how things were laid out on a computer screen. So it was really an interesting idea, but it went, it's one of those many inventions that somebody came up with and then just didn't become commercially available after that. But was I was that developed to, in Israel, I think. Yes, it was. That correct? It was in yeah. Israel. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And it really made it possible in my earlier days of learning what the graphical user interface looked like. It made that possible for me to use that device. Mm -hmm. Made made a yeah. big difference in my life. All right. So, so we're we, not gonna talk <clears throat> we're not yeah. gonna talk a lot more about technology. Because because the, the 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 much more interesting question, it seems to me, is are we are we going down a rabbit hole with tactile graphics, uh, or or are tactile graphics really valuable and cool? And and uh, is is the failure of folks like Larry and me, and perhaps Marianne? Marianne, are you a good picture identifier? No. I am no. not. I am terrible. Yeah. So us three <clears throat> on, on one side of the fence as essentially folks who were born blind or visually impaired um, uh, would would not class ourselves as being very capable tactile graphics people. Um, Brian, on the other hand, who who has had vision um, is is at another place. And so the question that I guess we have to ask ourselves is, do we think, uh, and, and, and we're gonna give other people an opportunity, do we think that kids, if we, if we start them looking at tactile graphics early enough, are gonna have the ability to, to understand, perhaps not in the same way as Brian does, but, but in a meaningful way, what, what tactile graphics are and how they work and what they represent. So I'm going to ask Brian if he thinks that can happen with with us totals. Um, I guess the answer is, I think a significant portion of the never having seen before yeah. group can, with proper instruction, learn to make enough value out of tactile graphics for them to help them with their education and to some degree uh, accessing um, concepts. You know, what's that old phrase, uh, a picture's worth a thousand words? <laughs> and in fact, there is significant truth to that, take take an example of a uh, bar graph. Yep. Okay. A see, bar you'll graph. Get, you can. You'll see get a things. lot of support. You'll get a lot yeah. of support from me, and I suspect from Marianne and and even from Larry, in terms of in terms of graphs. Graphs, so, uh, geometry. Yeah. Yeah. So here, 
the, so again, we're talking about, it's not graphics or not graphics, it's what is the nature of the graphic itself? Sure. Is the graphic uh, too busy, not busy enough? Are the shapes organic or non-organic, like in graphs? Um, is it something where it has meaning when you see a lot of data at one time versus being able to uh, understand data and then be able to mentally imagine its graphical representation? Let me give you an example of that, a pie chart. Now, tactically, when you look at a pie chart, you're going around the circumference of a circle and you're seeing how close together two of the spoke lines that are that represent the division of, if you will, pie wedges on the pie chart uh, to determine that this is uh, 30% of the whole versus 15% of the whole, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But visually, visually, you see it in uh, um, macro kind of way as opposed in to a, a micro in a, kind of way. right in a in a flash you don't have to examine the whole chart as soon as your eye sees that that pie chart you have already intuited what the pie chart tells you correct it requires significantly less effort to get the intention of the graph wow look i spent more than 50 percent of my monthly budget on housing that right. was not something where you had to read the entire uh pie chart to do uh bar graphs uh again work fairly well though again yes. because we're dealing with comparisons this versus that uh, yep. that matters where we start to really break down though is when we get to line charts where there are more, there's more than one thing being charted on a line chart. Maybe it's uh, three different models of uh, automobile and, or one automobile and one is all electric and one's all uh, internal combustion and one's a hybrid. And you have all three of those lined out in terms of their mileage. Right. Uh, kind of thing. So now and, you're trying to manage that. Visually, right. that is a macro event. That is not a micro, look at the data points kind of thing. And it's a macro event for a couple of reasons. First, because <clears throat> usually when you're talking about a, a, a graphic that has three different, uh, different elements being plotted, um, those three elements will be plotted in different colors. So yes. you can you can actually focus on one color and see exactly what that color looks like and then focus on the next color and then on the third. So it becomes clear. But on the other hand, and this is where we get back to what Brian was talking about earlier, that same chart, if if you if you presented it to a blind person, I think is likely to be entirely incomprehensible because it's gonna to be too busy and the lines are gonna be crossing each other. 
Well, again, you could choose to have a dotted line represent one color, a yes. dashed line represent a second, and a solid yes. line to represent a third, or Maybe. even have them so that each of those lines is thicker or thinner to yep, represent you, you, different yep, things. You, so you maybe you could. could do that. You could do that. But again, you get to a point where too many things are charted. One of the things I found amazing, because I had to teach people how to do uh, Excel and what Excel yep. is capable of taking right, right, all right. that data Graphs. and all yep. those cells and graph it out for you. And you can yep. pick which graph it does. Mm -hmm. Imagine for a moment a bar chart. Let's say there are 10 bars to the chart. And like a thermometer, the taller the line is, the greater mm -hmm. the value, right? Yep, yep. And they're side by side by side. Mm -hmm. Now, take that same thing and imagine that the first column represents the data for uh, gas consumption this month. Mm -hmm. But to see what the gas pr uh, consumption was last month, you would take that Imagine it to be a 3D model with a bar chart behind a bar chart behind a bar chart. And you tilt it so that the image lets you see that there are things behind what's on the front face of the chart. How cool is so that? So a 3D bar chart that allows you to see data in more than two dimensions, but in three dimensions. Yep. That how would one go about making that sensible in a tactile way well it, I, it, it's I, very I, difficult yeah and 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 that's that's the point so so <clears throat> i think that we are prepared to accept um uh marianne larry tell me if you think i'm i'm incorrect i think that we are prepared to accept that that folks who are blind so they may take longer, can get some, some, some pretty appropriate information out of simple line charts. I yeah. think I think that's true. But a lot of what you're going to have to deal with, for the most part, for people who have never had vision, is conceptualizing what you're trying to achieve, and a right. lot, and so much of that has to do with the fact <clears throat> it's like. I don't think I'd ever want to see if I ever had the chance to get my sight back. We were talking yeah, yeah. earlier about having retinopathy, retinopathy prematurity. Right. And and most of the, if I got my sight back, most of it would be trying to understand what people were trying to describe with regard to just everyday exactly. objects. Because I see yeah, things differently I, I and perceive things differently than my wife did, who had some sight before yeah. she went blind. It's totally different, and so there's yeah. going to be a, a huge learning curve when you when you try to achieve something like this. I'm not saying it's not going to be possible, but but we would have to be willing to learn, and then mm -hmm. then you'd have to figure out ways to conceptualize that so that you, it's something that stays with you. Marianne, simple line charts. Can you deal with that? Simple line charts, I, I, I guess. Like, I, I think that I think the whole and the answer to this question is, um, as an educational tool, like again for geometry, for uh, a graph. Um, 
I, I think where it will absolutely positively fall short is for pictures, you know, and, right. and the other thing that I think is it falls short because you can't use it to draw like a teacher can't draw something for them. Like I was thinking about, wouldn't it be really cool if um, you could get um the a neighborhood drawn for for your your young student like this is your neighborhood or you know the school playground or th you know things like it's anything that that it, a sure. kid says hey i don't understand what that is but but you can get that you just can't get it done by that machine. right i know <clears throat> but and that's what but, i meant to say it's like but they they probably wouldn't want to do it i mean your 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 vi teacher probably wouldn't want to draw using that machine anyway um what you would probably want to do is is draw using a computer and then draw it in such a way that it can be easily imported into that device so into that, that device the kid can see it yeah yeah so exactly. so for things like that i can see it like draw and yeah. draw something that has meaning to a, a a person a kid who's blind I think where it's going to fall very yeah. short are pictures and things like that. I, I can't. Yeah, do it. Do it. Do a tactile map of the hotel, like we yeah. were talking about last week. <laughs> yeah. A tactile exactly. map of your neighborhood. A tactile map yeah. of your school. You know, yeah. uh, um, I'm going on vacation. Hey, I'd love to have a tactile map of you know whatever. I I think yep. those are yep. ways in which it could be really fun yeah. and beneficial to um, totally blind people. F pictures, I I don't see it. Yeah. So Brian, when you have say you pictures, pictures, yes. uh, what, when you say a picture, what do you imagine that to be? For example, a picture of uh, my home from the sidewalk. Is that something that you'd uh, make sense out of? I don't know, Brian. I think that here are um, the windows. Here's the roof. Yeah, I don't. I don't here's know the, the door. Yeah, I don't. Are, know. are you talking? Are you talking about a picture of just the front of your house? Yes. Uh huh. So, <clears throat> so you would not include your roof. Well, except that the roof extends because it's a peaked roof, so you would see, if you will, the slope that is the roof with the eave up to the uh what's called the apex the top yeah of, and if you were peak. studying architecture that would probably be really interesting <laughs> but like but i don't yeah. yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure it would it and and i guess i guess this is really the issue what is the what is the purpose of art i guess i guess the you know the real question uh, now we're is, talking right. art versus picture we there's are the difference there's well, a huge difference. no well there is and there isn't <clears throat> i mean the 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 truth is that that the stuff that's most difficult for us to get is is how you get three dimensions into two but more yes. importantly, I guess the other thing that 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 all of us find hard is is what is at the core of everything artistic, which is foreground and background and perspective. And and I don't know how you and you enable blind people to understand those things if they've never seen. I don't. Right. And and also, what is the purpose of the the of the 
picture diagram what are you trying to achieve with it so like i think of of what you're talking about brian as a diagram not necessarily like a picture a to picture, me yeah a picture is different than a diagram than a than a, a you know a, a drawing that let's let's do that like a drawing is one thing and yep. a picture is another thing so i think um you know so we're talking levels of complexity to some degree. If I said, and here's purpose. a book, and this book is to teach you the shapes of flowers. Okay. Yeah, possibly. The whole purpose uh, of it, shape of flowers. So flowers are three-dimensional. But if somebody were to draw a picture or emboss a picture of a tulip, it has a classic shape to it. Uh, the yeah. same thing could be said for a rose, so, or sort of, sort of like some liqueur glasses. Yeah, but on the other hand, the a daisies, you know, you'd have to draw it flat facing you. You couldn't draw it correctly at an right? angle. So, so there's just you know, again, you're you're a little bit at a disadvantage if you're blind. At, at, what? But you could learn to, you could learn your alpha, you could, a blind person who's never seen could learn to right. write. Could probably learn to identify it, I, I suppose. They might be able to, but, and they could learn but, uh, all their letters. Yeah. They could learn to identify all yes, their letters. Yes, I mean, I've certainly done that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just, but, but I so guess going my to, question. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead, Brian. No, no, go ahead. Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm going to keep using my my example of the the book of flowers. Okay, so I take a blind child and I say, "Here is a tulip. It's in a pot. It's got a stem. It's got a couple of leaves off of it. Yeah. And at the top of the stem, there is a flower that is shaped like an upside down bell." Okay, got that. Okay, then show them a raised line image of that same tulip and draw their attention to how here's a stem, here's a leaf, here's a leaf. Notice how they come up from, from below, lower on the stalk and come up and out. And then at the top of the stem, here's this bell-shaped thing. It's only two dimensions here, but you can feel over here that it's really three dimensional. No, and no, you no, you can't. You can why? you can feel <clears throat> you can feel the bell shape. I get. Mm -hmm. I, I will give you that. But I I don't think there was ever anything that I was able to identify. Or, or sorry, let me try it another way. Tell me how, as a blind person. I would be able to identify in two dimensions the fact that it was three. Oh, you couldn't. But neither do sighted people see a picture and instantly imagine the backside of what they're seeing only from the front. They mentally can imagine that if they stop and think about it, mm -hmm. but they do not for the most part. Yep. Uh, so. And and there are limitations to this, you know. You can't feel an entire elephant at one time, and you're not going to have access to. 
but but, but they're the but they're a little miniature. That, I mean, you, you can see statues of elephants, and you know they're in three dimensions. And you can see exactly. a small picture of an elephant that you know is two dimensions because somebody tells you it is that oh, it's absolutely. an elephant. <clears throat> I mean, I and but, I might yeah, be able can, to identify the elephant from his trunk. From yeah, his might trunk, be his ears, <laughs> his girth. How big of the body part is, how broad the legs are, and the fact that you don't really see feet because they have the equivalent but, but of here, hooves. Here, here, here's the difficulty, Brian. My response, and I, I don't know whether whether Marianne and Larry are quite as much of, of a Philistine as I am, but but my thing is, so what and who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I and yeah, I, I get I why agree you with feel that. that way. Yeah. I mean, so I... let let me let me ask you this: If you had a little box on your desk right now, Larry, and all you had to do was is say what it is you would like to uh, be exposed to, and you open the box and there's a miniature of it. You're going to visit the Eiffel Tower. You think about it, you open the box, there's a miniature of the Eiffel Tower. You don't at any time think uh, that that's truly a one-for-one -one representation of the Eiffel Tower. You know it's in miniature. Yes, You true. mentally allow yourself to think of it as bigger than that. Yes, not correct. A Nobody has to convince you of that. Uh, no, but somebody so, would have to tell me that that's an Eiffel Tower in miniature. Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. Certainly. But and but and sighted people do that kind of learning uh, in such a free flowing way that before but, they know they know that's the Eiffel Tower, they've seen a hundred images of the Eiffel Tower. Right from different directions, et cetera, et cetera. And but, but the Eiffel Tower me. that but the Eiffel Tower that I will see, the miniature that I will see, is is in three dimensions. It has already. shape. Yes. It has shape. Sure. And it and, and, and therefore therefore it is it is comprehensible to me as a shape and as a as a sculpture. Now granted there are a gazillion things that I'm not gonna get. Um that that sighted people get when they look at at the the Eiffel Tower or the Leaning Tower of Pisa. To me, they're two towers, and and they're very much alike. And and I'm probably not going to get what makes the Eiffel Tower Eiffel. Um, but but I but 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 I'm going to be able to recognize that this this is a tower. Or is is, yeah, is the is the uh, pizza the actually leaning? Yes, in it replica, is, I think. in yes. replica, you'd be able to tell that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is it it's sort of like it that, is visually obvious? Is it sort of like that old game that people play, even with um, sighted people? Put your hand in the bag and identify yeah. something. Sighted right. uh, sighted people are terrible at that. Like, sure have are. you ever just handed some a sighted person something and said, "Can you tell what this is with their eyes closed?" And sometimes they get it, but sometimes they don't. And I think that's sort of like what we're talking about. It's like yep. it's incomprehensible for a person 
um, to touch something that they've always seen to always right. they're not always going to get yeah, it. That's true. And I think that's kind of what, what we're talking about here. It's, yep. you know. So we've sort of laid the foundation. Um, Brian, I'm going to give you a chance because you're you're the you're you're the visual expert. I'm going to give you a chance to add some other stuff. But I think pretty soon we should think about opening this up and getting some other people involved here. We have I, people. Well, I absolutely do believe that we need to get other people involved in this conversation <laughs> and, and sooner rather than later. I would say this about things. One is uh, in the world we live in, color matters. Yeah. You may not have ever seen a color, but you know that in the world we live in, color matters. Well, and, 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 and every one of us has the impression of a color, whether, whether we like to admit it or not. Yeah. You know, uh, and, I, and, and I think I've said more, more than once on this program that it took me 45 years to ever wear anything that was yellow because I always associated yellow with pee. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know uh, until, I mean, years after I, I began as a boy to go to school, somebody said, you know what color is? I said, I do? Tell me. And they said, well, you know, you know what it's like, because you have light perception, you know what it's like when you're in the dark? I said, yeah. They said, well, that's black. I said, but I have no conceptualized uh, idea of what black really means, especially as it relates to the color. I just, I know I can do it by association. But I, yeah, um, you, you, for you, it's light or not light. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. And Correct. that doesn't mean that light is white. No. And that darkness is black. Right. It's no, it light or not light. Right. For me, it used to be shades of gray. I always said light to dark. And I saw yes. shades of in between of all those things. Yes. Yeah. I think that's fair. But, but, but nonetheless, but we, when it, somebody sees a picture, sees a picture. Right. Color is a huge part of that experience. I believe that. Uh, I saw this uh, effort <laughs> to try to show a painting as a matter of different textures represented right. the different colors. And it right. might as well have been random blobs. Yep. I, I could I've, not turn that into yeah. an image, even for me. And, and even for I, me, I could do it. And I've looked at a lot of representations in museums that have tried to do that as well. And and they they haven't meant a lot to me. And 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 I think some of us anyway are a little uncomfortable indicating just how incompetent we are in terms of doing something that sighted people take for granted and and often expect us to be okay at. Um, yeah, well, I, so, I think there's some yeah. some societal. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think there's some societal belief uh, in that regard. So we have color, yep. we have shade. Yep. And I'm talking about how light yep. comes on. Yep. We have perspective. Yep. We have scale. Uh, uh, all of which, in combination, create that 
picture that Marianne was talking about, right? That yep. it's more than a diagram of a flower. Mm-hmm. A flower is supposed to be pretty. And it has depth. Right. And as right. part of that, it has depth. It has color. It has shading. It, you know, it it even has visual texture mm-hmm. to it as well. Um, again, how much of that is taught and how much of that is, you know, nature, nurture and all that kind of business. Well, nonetheless, it's 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 and, and not but it's also simple yes, but it's no also question. but it's also subjective, too. Because, <clears throat> I mean, ask two people what color something is, and they'll tell you two different things. Well, yeah, but if you ask two people whether they like a picture, one person will say, "Gosh, that is just beautiful," and another person will say, "Eh." Um, yes. And 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 they're both right from from their perspective, because I think that's the other thing we have to recognize that the viewing of a picture, the viewing of 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 um, art is subjective. It's, oh, it's, absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so it's so subjective whether or not you wanted a brownie or or an apple pie. Exactly. Too. I just, just well, that is true. Point. Also, I mean, that is true. So, so we see. Yeah, who's so let's hear from people. Oh, you got some yes, people. Please. Um, Terry has Terry. your hand up. Yep. Ta-da. Ms. Pacheco. We don't know. Could be another Terry. Yeah, well, good. No, it's a different Terry. She's Terry. had her hand up several times. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you. you Hi, go. folks. Hello. I Hi there. got the unmute button. Um, I wanted to share a couple of ideas. I retired from APH as a product developer for products for adults. We, I was in the research department. And I got to see a lot of, of work that the two tactile graphics um, project leaders did. And Karen Pope, who is brilliant, um, has created a series of products that start with a 3D real object, like a toothbrush, and then Mm -hmm. go to a thermoformed toothbrush where you can see the, you know, the the three dimensionality, but it is not, uh, it's no longer usable. And yeah. then she has something in between there, but then she ends up in that series with the trace of a toothbrush, like what you would see when the toothbrush is dropped in the water and what the last thing you see is kind of. And then she goes to places where I've <laughs> had to stretch to try to follow, but she has a series of things that are designed to help understand perspective and with the kind of lines, the shading lines that um, are put into something that you want sighted people to see as 3D. And I actually had a moment, it didn't last long, but I had a moment where I finally understood, I think she was sort of testing something out on me and wanted to see you know, what it did. And I had a split second where I understood that perspective and the extra shaded lines above the mm-hmm. roof of the house, you know, that supposed to show something I get behind. I'm concerned. Well, 
then the next piece is, I don't know if they still do, but APH, when I was there, had de was developing a, a graphics library where they went through and <clears throat> simplified graphics so that yep, they could, they, you they know. have 400, 425 simplified graphics now. Okay. Um, that 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 actually came out in in the in the BRL meeting that Brian and I were at. Okay, good. I'm glad they're still doing that. Um, and I, but what my concern is that so much testing in schools is done with whose house is bigger, Jackie's or Jamie's, you know, and they have yeah. a picture of two houses. And yeah. unless we have good audio description of those pictures, or somebody really knows how to simplify them, mm -hmm. our kids are going to be at a terrible disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I, you know, I have an Opticon on my desk and I use yes. it um, yep. and in 2D, no prob, but I, I hope somebody in all the expense going into developing the um, Monarch, I hope they think about how to work with schools so that schools yep. don't just slap in a graphic. Yep. Cool. Thank you very much for your feedback. Do you have any questions for, is it Terry? Is that your name, Terry? Yeah, this is Terry Turlaw. Um, oh, hey, Terry. Hi. Oh, from uh, Louisville. Hey, Terry. Yes, I indeed. didn't recognize hi. your voice. I'm sorry. Oh, well, it, probably because I have a voice now and primarily you heard me at convention <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think this is all, oh, I'm so glad you guys are talking about this. Um, mm -hmm. That series of products might be helpful to kids. I'm not sure, but so so if if you want, um, send send her name to Brian. His his email is easiest. His email is Brian at Comcast.net. Okay, um, I can manage that. So yep. So it's so Karen have her, Pope P O P P. Yep. Have, yep see see if. See if she'd be interested because we would be glad to have her on Tuesday topics so she okay. can talk about what she's doing. Okay. Would we not, Brian? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, I hope you heard from me that I think so much of this is in the training. So we need yeah. oh, training materials yeah. and a, a yeah. true and curriculum she has to them. teach this. A Unless APH has dis, um, discontinued it. Fellow, yes, as they have with so many things. In the, no, don't get me started. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I I loved working there and I also loved the my timing and retiring. But yep. I'll check with Karen. Thank you. Cool. Terry, thanks thank for, you for the call. Cool, cool, cool. Welcome. Yep. Um, area code 608 ending in nine uh, 219. Yeah, that's Peter. Oh, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. An so interesting perspective because Peter's been everywhere where vision's concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Or, or nowhere, I don't know. Um, yep. I, that I was, um, Larry, I think you're absolutely right. One of the hardest things that I had to deal with when I got my site back was um, uh, bar, bar graphs and pyramid graphs and um, all the stuff that that uh, they want you to, to uh, show proportionately and all kinds of things that that uh, complicated bar graphs were were still way beyond me in and when I could see. Um, 
trying to figure out what line meant what and all that. Anyway, um, but that the one thing uh, that I had a chance to look at the monarch and and I was really impressed. But mm-hmm. the one thing that um, it couldn't do that concerns me some um, is it can't show you um, the the well I'm not sure it's really perspective but that um, the the true height of uh, they showed me the Eiffel Tower and that it, it can't show you the the sort of dimension of the Eiffel Tower in relationship to a person standing at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. Why so, wouldn't it um, be why wouldn't it be able to do that? Because it that you're limited to a dot. And it's smaller yes. oh, than I a see, dot. I, I, oh, I, I see I see where you're coming from. Okay, fair enough. So that so that And again know, this that, is this is one of the advantages of the graffiti having a bigger space mm-hmm. means that you can represent smaller things in the same yeah. space without them disappearing. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, but that, you know, I, every once in a while I'm, I'm reminded of the story of the, of the uh, guys were, that were, were uh, out in the field and that they had this pole and that they would stand the pole up and that uh, they were trying to, to uh, string telephone wire and they had these telephone poles and, they would put the pole up, and the guy would scramble up this almost to the top of the pole, and then his weight was so great that it knocked the, that the pole fell over. Yep. And uh, some guy had been watching them. They'd done it five or six times, and he said, what are you trying to accomplish? And he said, we're trying to figure out how tall this pole is. And he said, well, just lay it down on the ground and measure it. And he said, well, we know how long it is. What we don't know is how tall it is. <laughs> and then, oh my gosh! But that there there is something to that because how high it is is in relationship the the height is in relationship to you. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. The length yep. the length is something that is concrete, but that height becomes once you are you know beyond your reach, it becomes sort of an imaginary thing. So that you know, when when I was out in California and they took me to the uh, Sequoia National Park and we were right. looking at the trees oh, there, yeah. you know, and they said, right. you know, this tree is fourteen hundred feet tall. That's like fourteen hundred feet. I I could even figure that out according to the number of steps it would take to walk fourteen hundred feet. But that yep. trying to imagine how high that was. Um, and and I don't know that you're going to ever be able to make that kind of uh, spatial awareness happen. That uh, yep. you know, at at uh, at some point you get to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, many. Yes. And um, yep. And and uh, and so that that uh, totally blind people have to um, imagine what that is. And you're not going to be you're you're going to be able to show what the shape of the of the Eiffel Tower is. You can even show the platforms of the yep. Eiffel Tower, but you're not going to be able to uh, demonstrate the dimension of the steel that it took to put that yep. together. The, 
Yep, the difference um, the difference in terms of how high it is compared to you or compared to to things that we can that we can relate to. I get that. Yep. Yep, and 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 um and so on the one hand, I was just really excited to see the the um uh, to see the monarch and to see what it could mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Um on the other hand, you know, it it is always going to be limited. Yep. Got it. Peter, thank you for your call. Mhm. It's Marianne. We have Christy. Christy. Hi. Christy. Hey, yeah. Christy. How are you? So I'm good. So I'm here to tell you, I don't care for stuffed animals. I don't yes. care for anything that's two dimensional. If I want to see what something really looks like, I give me the taxidermied animal. Give me the 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 3D real. See, we don't we don't really understand what's the difference between real and not real, and um and and I have had friends that their orientation was so bad that they didn't even understand what a city block looked like. Now I'm not that bad, but um I I don't really get a whole lot of out of pictures. I didn't do geometry because I do not understand how all that stuff works. I just don't and I'm and it gets so fatiguing. That's the whole thing that you know we look right. at things and it's so I'm so tired. It's like it's too much energy. Um I had a a a, a little story when when I was 8, I had a boyfriend at the Foundation for the Junior Blind nice. who was who was black. And he gave me a picture, two pictures of himself, and I took them home. And my mom and dad said, well, he's colored. And I'm like, I said, no, it's colored film. And, <laughs> and, they, and they proceeded to, you know, give me the spiel. And I was so mad, I scraped off every single bit of that gloss of the picture i was so <laughs> angry but yep. i mean yep. i mean you know it's 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 meaningless it's so stupid it is. pictures how do you know yep. what who's who how do you know that stuff i just can't fathom i do not understand mm-hmm. i don't get it animal crackers i have no idea what those animal crackers are they're all the good, same shape. Good Maybe they have point, a longer neck point. or something, but I don't get it. Good point. Maybe maybe, maybe the camel with the hump on the back. Yeah, I well, that's that probably the, and the giraffe. And the giraffe. Yep. And yep, that's, yep, yep. That's two. <laughs> yeah. it's the elephant. Yeah. I always knew the elephant. Yeah, because of the trunk. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> but everything Christy, else. Thanks so much. It. Thanks yeah. so much for your call and for your <laughs> You're feedback. You're welcome. Yep. Area code six one six one five. Area code six one five. Hi, this is Carol, and you know I I just don't understand as a totally blind person. Uh, Marianne's right about her analogy about the sighted people feeling things. I think those of us who have been blind from birth, we're just going to struggle with this and get fatigued and get frustrated. Um, I can't even make sense out of a a, a map, and I, I never have. Sorry, I have to. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. That was my fault. Yep, 
Hold on. Maps I'll get are, her back. Maps are I'll get interesting. You back. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get Carol back in just a minute. Maps are interesting. I actually find um <clears throat> there you go. Sorry about that. Maps pretty pretty easy to understand. Uh, not not maps as they're drawn by for sighted people, but but maps that I make in my head. Like if I'm if I'm drawing a map of a route in my head for for orientation and mobility. I'm really good at that. And I, and, and I can keep that map in my head. I bet you can too, right, Marianne? Yes. Yes. Maps are a good, are a good application for this device. Absolutely. And, and the other, only other thing I want to say before I forget to say it is if, if all that it did was to eliminate the stress of getting books every single semester or every single year, there's something to that too. You know, oh, there is the, something to be said for that, especially right? if, and it's yeah, all in one the, place. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially if the translator is built in and oh, and yeah. somehow the graphics are already there. I mean, that would that'd right. be awesome. Right. Can you can you imagine walking around all day in in school with this single device that one has device for every single class? Exactly. Oh, so there's something right gosh. there. You know, we never had that, that. Might be worth the price of admission yeah. right there. We never what a had concept. that. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, what you have quick, um, six one five. Miss Carol, welcome back. Right. Um, I apologize. Yeah, I, I'm here. Um, I'm sorry. I, you know, um, I, we're we're asking kids that have never seen to get some really complicated concepts, and I I just think the frustration level. I mean, we're already having our kids learn Braille, learn to run a display, learn mobility, and all this more important yep. stuff. And I'm just really afraid we're going to get people into really an overload situation. A sighted person has never needed to have somebody say, this is what this picture is. It's intuitive. It's right. never going to be intuitive for us. I was proofreading books for a while for the School for the Blind. Mm -hmm. These graphics would come up, and she'd say, tell me what you think of this graphics, and I'd say nothing. It makes absolutely no, no sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I can't proofread your graphic. Um, mm -hmm. And she said, well, the TBI has to be there. Well, you know, pictures aren't going to mean anything to us until we don't need somebody to help us interpret it. And yep. Good point. I can't imagine that. I really can't. Some of, okay? us, some of us when we were growing up or, or, or maybe even after we were growing up because uh, some of us are really old. Used to get these 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 books called expectations. Remember those? Yeah, yeah with where pick the little pictures, the fuzzy mm -hmm. things, and yep, yep, yep. Where they they'd have several pictures in each mm -hmm. in each edition yeah. of expectations mm -hmm. when it came out. And I never understood mm -hmm. them ever. No, exactly. And, and I tried to learn the opticon, and the vibration literally made my hand go numb. Oh, uh, oh it does. <laughs> so maybe it I'm does. just extremely clumsy, but. Uh, no, I couldn't have, do it for that reason. You just have you just you can't read for for an awfully long time. Otherwise, oh, I'd go numb in ten. I'd go yeah. I'd go numb in less than ten minutes. I, that's oh, why no. I couldn't oh. do it. Yeah, I did. You can do better it was than that. Really weird. Yep. So so no. Carol, thank you so much for your call, dear one. We've got mm -hmm. a bunch of other people, so we're gonna kind of do. rush off to the next person. Thank okay. you. Okay. Diane Scalzi. Yeah. Good evening, everybody. Oh hey, man, this <laughs> this stuff always drove me crazy. Um, I went to public school for five years, and of course we had I had an itinerant teacher, and she tried and tried and tried to, you know, teach me how to follow things on maps, and 
um oh i just i just could not you know get the get the concept of it at all unless it was like a relief map you know where you could tell mountains and valleys and lakes and you know things like that where where the shapes were there and you <clears> could there, feel them but you know just actually a, differences in terms of height got it right yep but just a, but just a you know a map on a on a piece of paper i could not get the hang of that and when i was in high school we used to have to take what they called regents exams um, they were statewide exams given in the mm -hmm. state of New York, and there were certain yep. of them that you had to pass in order to graduate high school. And um, so I had, uh, we had a teacher that uh, each, each one of us, when we had these exams, we were often assigned a teacher, and we worked one-on-one -on -one with this teacher. They called them, and they called her an amanuensis. And right. um, so when I took my, earth science regions my senior year some of the questions involved diagrams and they had the diagrams reproduced in the braille exam and my first grade teacher was my amanuensis this time and she was like <laughs> bringing my finger over the picture and you know to help me you know try to identify mm -hmm. it and and i thought she was like making me cheat i really felt uncomfortable that she was doing that, but she explained to me that, you know, that she, that um, a sighted person would have an advantage looking at a picture like that. And, you know, she was just trying to help me, you yep. know, get oriented to it and everything. Yep. And I, I was really grateful to her, but I was also scared that someone was going to come in and catch us cheating or something. Um, and I still don't get the hang of, right. um, of these graphics. And so I don't care. Yep what happens to it one way or the other, yeah. to be honest do you, with you. Do, do you miss not being able to see pictures, Diane? I've never seen pictures. Yeah, do you miss it? No. There you go. <laughs> Diane, <laughs> thank you very much for your call. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yep. We have Daniel, Dylan. Daniel. Daniel, you may unmute. Oh, hello. Okay, uh, now I'm unmuted. Yes, you are. Yeah, so yep. this has been a very interesting topic uh, with all everything graphics related. And um, I'll say I'm one of these people who was also basically born blind, have no memory of seeing anything, uh -huh. pictures, colors, uh, but I am a seasoned uh, tactile graphics reader and producer. I mean, I've, been, I've actually made my own Braille maps on a Perkins Brailler for many, many years, kind of as How a hobby. Cool is that, Daniel? But Excellent. I've also been able nice. to do that. In, but I've also been able to do that in my high school classes in order to uh, nice. pass projects that include geography. Uh -huh. um, I'll also say that uh, yes, well, you know, tactile graphics are very important. I think there's there's definitely a need for them. I actually majored in physics and music in college in the former nice. there were a lot of graphics and the latter it was a whole other braille code um i was mm -hmm. wondering if say uh, a device like the uh, monarch might be of use for uh, blind transcribers or proofreaders uh, trying to examine formatting in documents uh, with and without graphics in them yeah i mean i think i i, I don't think there's any question that that it would that it would be valuable. I, 
I think there are other ways we could do the same thing. I, I've said for a long time that we actually need to develop uh, a system that will work for one line braille displays that will help us to, to be able to identify formatting um, because uh, the, the fact is that if one line braille displays are gonna be the most common no matter what we do, and right now we don't have any good ways of of identifying formatting issues on one line braille displays, which and I think we need to have have that ability. So mm -hmm. hopefully Banner will work on that. Yes, and 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 I will also say uh, yes. I have seen another product that has a skin or membrane over the display. That was the, right. the Dot Watch from Dot uh, Incorporated, which I I've under, I understand is is the same. Um, is the source of the, the the braille dots for the for this uh the larger monarch device interesting yeah thank you very much Korea. for your call daniel we appreciate yeah, uh, it thank you have a great night thank you yep thanks yep miss marianne we have jessica and the other thing i'll say because he said it and because if i don't say it now my memory which is what he the word he used yeah uh, you know we we see the graphics how much of it do we remember because how, because of the meaning you know how meaningful is it and therefore how much of it will we retain yeah what what, Im what impression does it actually exactly. make on us i think that's a very good question and, I, and i'm not sure i know the answer um but but uh, i mean clearly graphics still make make Im an impression on brian yeah brian but is it because so. he saw what it oh i think it is right sure it is so sure it is so miss jessica and 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 yeah, then jessica. i i would be interested in hearing from Lori after that because I'd, I'd be sort Her of interested in what she has yeah. to say okay yep. jessica so jessica um yeah so i i always struggled with uh graphics too um especially the more compl complex or complicated they were i mm -hmm. i uh did not do well with maps um the thing that saved me in the geography part of history class in sixth grade was that I could memorize the capitals. Exactly. Um, and, you know, even like um, when I was at the Carroll Center, this is a little different, but they had, I think, was it MIT? They were doing an experiment and some of us, they were chosen to, to do it at the Carroll Center. And we had to move this like pen around a, uh, and you would it was like you would feel things through the tip of the the stylus maybe that's what it was and interesting in the the floors would be you know different textures and you would find walls or furniture things like that and then you know at the end of the study you know and it was of the carroll center and so some i had been there a while before that and so portions of it were pretty familiar but you know then at the end they said okay we want you to go from basically i had to go to point from point a to point c without going to point b first oh and cool. i yep. don't <laughs> i don't think do i it? was very I think I, I don't think I did it as well as I should have been able to. I think I struggled with it. So, so I, I have a question for you. <laughs> I have a question for you, Miss Jessica. 
when when you couldn't do all this map stuff and 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 the carol center stuff did you feel ashamed or not uh a little <laughs> yeah i think so and 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 i think that's one of the one of the elements that 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 also colors the way we who who don't do well with that kind of stuff feel because we sort of feel like if people say we we can and that we should be able to then we ought to be able to and if we can't well oh well yeah we're, we're, and we're, you know now i'm good. a proofreader yep. and they want to include more and more graphics as that's a whole yep. topic of discussion and i'm yep. like i can't do it like i I can't yep, I interpret you. them well enough to know if it's going to be right for the, the kid who's going to read it. Yep. Oh. Yep. Miss Jessica, thank you so much for your call. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Excellent. Miss Lori, I, yep. Thank you. So um, I just have to say that I'm somebody who grew up on building on patterns and other reading curriculums. Yep. And Oh, well, actually, it wasn't even called Building on Patterns then. Um, and I remember <clears throat> sneaking ahead with my right hand as I was <laughs> yeah. reading another page to find the pa the page with the tactile map on it. Yep. I'm in my mid-late 40s, and I think, you know, a lot of times things evolve over time, and, you know, they're building into different curriculums for people um for people learning braille tactile discrimination skills which is a huge sure. part of learning both braille and learning to read maps and pictures and things like that the bigger part and daniel alluded to this daniel is absolutely phenomenal at what he does in producing um you know uh, braille music and and uh pictures and things like that you have to know how to correctly transcribe a picture not everything that is visually essential is going to be essential to get the job completed what's sure. going to be essential is that you get the information out of the pie chart the bar graph whatever it happens to be that you need to get and I mean, I've come across people who didn't, who were making their own graph paper, not knowing that you could buy Braille graph paper. Right. So, you know, I mean, the more people are exposed to it at a younger age and also products like the Monarch are going to help develop those skills that are so, essential in interpreting right. information. So you recently have have gone through training <clears throat> at the at at the at the college level at the graduate level in 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 terms of blindness skills and yes and, and I will tell you I couldn't find an accessible picture of the human eye right but so but I used ask, a so I used a model <laughs> so so let me ask you a, a different question though. Did you run across in any of the education that you've done uh, a set of principles that anybody has written down that talks about how best to communicate graphics to blind people? I, I do know quite a while back 
um, there were some documents being done. And I know that the graduate level courses are now splitting Braille education into both the Braille code and the Braille teaching process, which are two very different aspects. Yes, they are. And that was not done previously. So Braille readers who are using the Monarch and similar types of devices and even Braille displays are going to have a much different experience. And I think the big push is getting information that it's being taught at the university level out there to teachers who may have been in the field but not kept up on things like um you know testing that's been done for tactile discrimination and and graphics interpretation and things like that um but i think the bigger component again is producing graphics that have the necessary information that right. don't go overboard there right. is and i don't remember what it is off the top of my head somebody like daniel may know there is a ratio that is used when you're resizing images because if you make them too small they're illegible and if you make them too big they're illegible yep um you know so there has been research done in those areas um and it's just really keeping information flowing to both uh you know professionals working in the field and and the bigger component i think is you know the people producing the graphics yep um you Ms. know Lori, that type thank of you thing. so much for your call we thank appreciate you. it <clears throat> miss marianne you're clear we're clear ah i'm excited so oh we're not clear anymore yeah, um, we have um, um, 608 again. Hold on. Yeah, Peter again. Peter again. Yep. yep. There we go. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's me again. Yep. The, um, the, the thing that, um, I, well, there are two, two things that, that have occurred to me. Um, a lot of this is uh, Rod McKelko. You know who Rod McKelko is? He's Canadian. No. Um, Canadian, uh, done, uh, he's totally blind, has done a lot of work in the social model of disability. Um, but that one of the things that he, he said one day has just really stuck with me that, that most of uh, sighted people spend so much energy on proving to other sighted people that they are sighted. And, um, and I just, <laughs> this is, this, uh, this whole in issue of having to, to decipher pictures and graphics is one of those uh, things that sighted people can do to prove that they're sighted, um, that blind people really have to struggle to get into. Yep. So um, Peter, I can't other, remember, did, did you start out blind or sighted? I started out sighted. Uh, I, okay. had, um, I had 20-20 vision until I was eight. And then I had yeah, so, a very limited vision for a year, and then I was then yeah. I was uh, then I was blind. Yeah. So you're 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 no fun because you're you're really no different from Brian. I wanted to see, I I want I want to see somebody who is who is totally blind for twelve years and then got vision back. I, I think that yeah, fun. that would kill you. Yeah. That'd Seriously, be fun. I, I think that would yeah. kill you. Uh, that that. Um, <laughs> Um, Oliver Sachs has a uh, has a, an article on a guy that got his got his sight back after being blind for fifty six years. Or he does. He, he has does. seen until yep. he was three, and then was fifty six. Yep. And that, yep. um, 
statistically, it, it's uh, it is one of the most traumatic things that you can do. That that like ninety percent or greater of the people that get their sight back after not having seen or not having seen for extended periods of time, um, either are psychologically blind at the end of uh, a couple of years or um, the suicide rate is just incredibly oh, high. My. Yeah, I think so, that, that um, could be true. It's, it's um, it, uh, you know, I would not recommend it. <clears throat> but nope. that, um, um, and, and anyway, that. But that the other other thing that that Brian was talking about shading, but yes. that uh, that he didn't talk about the issue of hue, um, which is um, the color variation within. Um, uh, within a light spectrum passing over an object, and I mean, I, yep. I don't think we'll ever be able to to explain that. Oh, yeah. um, one uh, of the things that I did back in the day, I wanted to write a uh, short manual that would help blind or visually impaired people to better communicate about color. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, when I grew up uh, as a sighted child, we had a color wheel. And that color wheel had red, blue, and yellow. And where each one of those colors intersected with another color, there was a different shade. So red would become orange as it approached being yellow, as it approached being green, and then turned into blue, and then turned into purple as it went around the circle. And then as an adult, I found out there was a totally different color wheel uh, that uh, Newton, you know, of the famous... Yeah, Sir Isaac. Yep. Okay, right, Sir Isaac Newton came up with. Yeah. That is much more complicated than what I just described and deals with those issues that you're talking about, Peter, of... Uh, yeah. Of hue and uh there's another term also um so you know things like pastel what does pastel mean <laughs> oh. okay i think yes. it's what a, in the hell? please, please, please I think it's a kind of pastry periwinkle <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and and again i live in a house that was painted purple but on the can of paint it was called the Nova Scotia Blue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so who's right? The guy who says, calls me up, the professional painter says, you realize I'm painting your house purple, right? So anyway, there, there's those kinds of things that uh, are important in a way. If you said to somebody, describe to me what teal looks like as opposed to aqua as opposed to turquoise turquoise yeah and periwinkle what's the difference yeah well, and periwinkle now, yeah now now let's 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 talk about that for a second because i know of at least one person who was amazing at that who was a who was a total all of her life and that was my wife gail, gail. i was yeah. also I mean, very good at it yeah but but only because it was a learned thing like it, my mom sure. made sure I understood what colors coordinated with other colors. Right. And 
and not because I've ever seen. I, I decorated our house, our, my first house that I ever built. And some right. sighted people came in to look at it and said, who did the colors? They're beautiful. And they told them a blind woman, you know, but that's only because my mom taught me. Right. And and the same thing was true of Gail. And, right. and she she had she had this this uh, and Brian can tell you because he knew her. She really had this immense color sense. She really did. Truly, to the point, truly. yeah, to the point where, 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 as a as a Mary Kay salesperson, she was virtually never wrong in terms of what she recommended to people. Because yep. we 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 learned it for a purpose, like it mattered. Correct. It had a purpose in our life, not because oh, it, it mattered. mattered immensely to her. Right, yeah. and it mattered to me, and 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 she made it matter to me as well because it mm -hmm. didn't matter to me at all when I met Gail. But and, it, not for she, the sake of the color. So much no. as the reason you needed to know the color. Oh yeah, <clears throat> she was appalled that that I took the easy way out and 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 essentially wore clothes that were easy to match. She said that's not okay. <laughs> what you have to do is to decide what actually makes you look the best, and then you got to wear it. And and that well, meant absolutely nothing to me. Yeah, but yep. she has a case to make there. Yeah. I, again, right. as we look at these kinds of, of um, does it matter? Um, the answer is, it matters if you're in a, living in a sighted world. Um, yeah, and that's really the point. And that's the, and that's yes. really the point that I didn't that 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 I haven't given enough credence to tonight. Um, that the fact is, art is a part of the sighted world. Um, and and beauty is a part of the sighted world and 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 if we are actually going to claim to be fully immersed in our world we at least ought to be able to come to terms with the, what those things mean if 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 we are to become all that we can be um i don't know how to do it but i i i, I think we do have an obligation I give it a go. Have, there was a movie, movie done a number of years ago called Blink, um, and about this woman that gets her eyesight back, and uh, and that she spends a fair amount of the time trying to figure out what is beautiful because people have told her that she's beautiful all the time and that she doesn't doesn't have any reference for that, and so her friend takes her to a Bulls basketball game and Michael Jordan goes for a layup and uh, slams the ball down through the net. And, uh, and, and her friend said, now that's beautiful. And she said, wouldn't you know it? I finally find out what beautiful is and I'm too damn far away to know what, what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So, Mr. I, Peter, I really thank you. Do, yeah, Peter, you ahead, always please. bring an interesting wrinkle to our discussions and appreciate you being a regular on this program mm -hmm. i think we have a, another couple of quick calls that we can try to get in if people will speak quickly and say what they're gonna say quickly okay we have christy and terry ah christy first yep then terry mm -hmm. okay so really quickly we have a lot of um a lot of statue sculpture in our house and we love bronze mm -hmm. because you can really feel it feels it feels yeah. real 
and the other thing that I wanted to say is that my mother was also really good with color. She did a lot of knitting and crocheting. And so she mm-hmm. taught me these things and told me about the different colors. So I, I have some good idea, but um, I think that we need to start really young and we need to spend extra time with young kids, yep. uh, preschool, kindergarten yep. and up. And and still some of us are not going to get it because I did get a lot of that, but you no, know, yep. still some of us aren't going to get it. But for those who can, that's awesome. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And Ms. Turlow. Sorry. Thank you. Um, yep. One of the reasons that I think it's really important for those blind people who want to to know about color and how to what matches with what is impression management. Um, we've got stuff going against us for many of those who see us out in the world. The old stereotypes die hard. And I would like to, when I need to present myself, I, I want to give the impression that, oh, hey, I'm just like you. You can see, yeah. oh, aren't it, isn't that outfit pretty? Don't those colors go well together? That kind of puts us on an even footing and it kind of tells someone in a way that I can live in your world and on equally with you. And mm-hmm. it really is essential, I think. Thank you. You're welcome. Mr. Brian, you have about a minute and a half or two minutes to sum up what, what you think we've accomplished this evening. Well, I, I really think that there is value in considering uh, this whole idea of when is it valuable for those of us who are blind or visually impaired to find a way to deal with a sighted concept? When is it worth the time and energy? Is it innate in some people to be able to deal with that, not in others? Uh, Again, a one-size-fits-all scenario for virtually anything in this world just doesn't give those things justice. If you had perfect pitch, you would be able to understand the world differently than if you didn't have perfect pitch. Uh, If you had uh, physical ability, like like we're talking about slam dunking, uh, it doesn't mean everybody has to be able to slam dunk to admire it or to in how do you put it uh, uh embrace it as a as a concept of uh, ability in the scheme of things so i think not caring about what something looks like when you are living in a world made up primarily of seeing creatures is selling yourself short as a blind person. Thank you, Mr. Brian. Ms. Marianne, 30 seconds, if you like. No, I just in context. I I think that um, I'm with you, Paul. I don't really, I I don't think it puts us on an equal um, footing. I don't think feeling a a two-dimensional graphic graphic gives us the ability to even intelligently talk about what some things look like. So I think it's all in context. It's how the device is used and and like that. So 
ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for being a part of a, what I think is an interesting discussion. We could probably spend another another whole Tuesday topic talking about color, but I think that next week we're going to actually talk about summer in in a range of different ways. So um, stay tuned for our message about what Tuesday topics will be about and join us next week. And in the meantime, thanks for being here and good night. <laughs>